It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Shoots and scores! Tomas Hurdle hits the jackpot! You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide. Brought to you by Coors Light. Scores! 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 Logan Couture wins it in overtime! Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. Yeah, I thought uh, you got to give Alan some credit. Play well. Um, you know, I think it would maybe a different game. We got one early. Thought we were sloppy at the beginning of the game. Thought we were sloppy at the beginning of the game. Um, you know, and, and I, you're always in that catch game when you're coming back from out west. I was, you know, wondering how we were going to come out, and uh, um, you know, uh, wasn't it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't our best. Um, I thought the difference of the game is when they got their second goal. I mean, that was a big goal for them, and uh, at that point, I think we were out shooting them, um, you know, six, seven, eight, one, wherever it was in the second period, and they got a shot off the, from the blue line off a of face-off. So now you're down two nothing. But um, again, our power play is not, uh, um, you know, it's generating shots and chances. We're just not getting uh, a bounce, and that would have been, a, you know, both the last two games. I thought would have been a difference if our power play got one in, in the first few uh, chances. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tide. The San Jose Sharks have lost three games in a row after starting off the season 4-0, and oh, and I am not stating that to be a buzzkill. It's just a matter of coming to reality with where this team is. If I had told you on October 15th, that the, before the season began, that the Sharks were 4-3 and three after their first seven games, I think you'd be pleased with that. I really think you do. And I also think that a four and three record, one game over 500, is probably closer to the Sharks' reality that I expected. It may not have been what you expected, but it's what I expected. And as we now see this team that is closer to the reality that we expect, we can get a little bit more of an assessment with clarity of what they are. In the first three games of the year, the Sharks were 5 for 12 on the power play. That's about 40%. That is simply not sustainable for any number of reasons. Since the third game of the season, they have gone 0 for 3, 0 for 2, 0 for 3, and 0 for 4 over the next four games on the power play. Overall, they are 5 for 24. They are hovering around 20%, which is still better than they were last year, which was, I believe, about 14% off the top of my head, which means that, you know, you're getting one and a half goals for every 10 power plays that you go on. That's simply not going to be good enough. The question that I have is what have we seen from the Sharks is going to be closer to the reality versus what is closer to the, the small sample size? You know, initially they were clicking on the power play and they were getting goals. Now they're clicking on the power play, but they're not getting goals. And that's the most interesting thing to me that we're seeing right now, because last year, a lot of the time, the power play, I will be blunt, uh, looked uninspired. It did not look like some great high clicking, just, you know, overall powerful type of power play. You know, you, you know, a good power play when you see it. 
And that's why I'm having a, a tough time digesting the numbers the Sharks are getting with their power play right now because they're not getting goals, but they're getting good looks. They're creating good opportunities, which is, I feel, you were going to see a correction here, right? I mean, I don't think this is a regression to the mean so much as it is more of just a correction because you weren't going to be at 40%. That's impossible. And even last year, Edmonton, you know, they were 27%, I believe, which is a really good power play, but that's just not what the Sharks are going to be. At least I don't think so. But the good thing about this is you get this regression and then you see how the Sharks react to it because I think the struggles with the power play last year led them to get away from what they were trying to do, led them to try and be a worse team than... I think they probably were last year because guys were trying too hard. Bad things were happening. Yada, yada, yada. We can go down that trip for a a long, long vein or tangent if we want to. But the power play last year didn't look very good. It looked like they were kind of out of ideas. Right now, when I watch the Sharks power play, I see a lot of good ideas. I see a lot of creativity. I see some good things happening. They just haven't been rewarded with goals. And I think that there will be a snapback to what we've seen on this recent streak of offers for four consecutive games. And we'll see the Sharks begin to get those goals. But again, they're creating good looks. Last night, Allen was just absolutely phenomenal. The Sharks put 45 shots on goal. I mean, that's just, that's good production in general. But Allen made 45 saves. And that was a good, good night for him. I mean, credit to him. He was on his A game. He was standing on his head. He was making the big stops. He was keeping the Sharks off the board. And I I think another factor last night is not so much fatigue, but there can be that little bit of a letdown when a team gets back from a road trip and the Sharks just looked a step behind or not even maybe a step behind, but like a quarter step behind. They were just a little bit late on everything. And Scott Hannon on the broadcast with Dan Rusinowski, if you were listening to it right here on the Sharks Audio Network, you were hearing that from him. He was saying they're just a little bit behind. They're just a little bit behind. They're just a little bit behind. And you kept on seeing it. And Montreal, I'm sure, had a little bit of revenge on their mind after the Sharks went into their house and beat up on them. And then they came in and returned the favor on the Sharks. And I think that's just one of those games, the way it goes down like that, But overall, I looked at the Sharks who were not taking as many dumb penalties as they did last year. They were still getting opportunities on the power play. They're just not converting on the power play. And I don't think that it's because their power play is necessarily flawed to the same extent that it was last year. However, if this is a long-term trend as opposed to a short-term trend and the, the Sharks power play keeps on you know, turning into those numbers that we saw last year, then we have to look more systemically and we have to take a greater look at what they are trying to do. But when I am watching the Sharks right now, I still see a lot of creativity and a lot of good things happening on the power play. On the other side of that, the penalty kill was perfect throughout the first four games of the year. They gave up a power play goal to the Bruins. They gave up a power play goal to the Preds and they gave up a power play goal to Montreal. So again, that's a little bit more of a correction as opposed to the hot start that they came out with the first few games of the season. And I think that you have to look at all of this because early season numbers are not indicative of what a team's true performance is. You're going to have a hot start. You're going to have a cold start. Things are going to change. But right now we are seeing the Sharks cool from where they were and it's leading to losses. Is it because of the special teams battle specifically? I don't think so. You know, I think more the Sharks are doing a couple of things right now 
that has gotten away from where they were in those first few games. One of the things that I have seen is the reemergence of some hero hockey where guys try to do it on their own. And specifically, I'm talking about Eric Carlson because there's a couple of times with the passes he's tried to make, with the overall just rush up the ice, he's tried to do too much. And I understand it. He's trying to find a spark. But I think that when you get into situations like this where you are having trouble, where you're struggling, where you're not scoring, the idea is to simplify. And you need to roll it back. You need to bring things down a notch to make life less complicated and simply allow the other teammates around you to have the best possible opportunity to perform at their respective highest level. But with Eric Carlson, there's been a couple of times where he's just tried to do too much. I've seen Logan Couture try to do too much. I've seen Tomas Hurdle try to do too much. I've seen William Eklund try to do too much. Now, when I look at William Eklund, I still see a lot of hesitance in his game. But at the same time, his vision on the ice, his timing, the way he lets things develop, his patience, that is almost at a world-class level. I, I Watching him show extreme patience with a narrowing of a window to set up a teammate off a perfect pass, it is very, very just... It's beyond his years. I mean, the guy that I immediately think of with the patience on some of those passes, that's how Jumbo was a while ago. Jumbo would wait on those passes and thread the needle at the last minute to set up a teammate for success. That's not fair to William Eklund for me to make that comparison. However, I have seen that style of play before, but Jumbo, by the time he came to the Sharks, was clearly established as one of the best players in the league. A Hall of Famer, obviously, by what we've seen from him, one of the greatest players of all time. And he was simply, you know, at the peak of his career, he was incredible. And the fact that he's still going and still an effective player, again, incredible. So to make that comparison to William Eklund, that's not fair to William Eklund. However, that's kind of what it reminds me of because that's what I got to see most up close and personal. I saw a lot of jumbo over the course of his career with the San Jose Sharks and I watched him wait and I watched him see the ice and let things develop and put guys in situations to succeed at the right moment. I see that from Eklund. But on the other side of Eklund, I see a lot of hesitance, especially to shoot, and I'm not really sure why. There's just been times where he looks like he wants to pull the trigger or wants to wait something to be perfect. And I think that's one of those higher-level thinking-type things with these guys because sometimes people would get frustrated with Jumbo because he wouldn't shoot. I think that's because he would see too much. He would see everything with such a greater lens than any of us could ever even dream of seeing, and he would quickly quantify that teammates would have a higher probability shot than he would. I mean, his brain and his vision, it was working at a level far beyond what I can even comprehend, and I think I see a little bit of that with William Eklund, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think it's something that the leadership group and the team needs to tell him like, Hey, it's okay. You, you, you take that shot. You do you, if you have it, let it rip, give it a go. But he really looks like something special. And I do think that he is going to stick with this team. And I think that he is going to have great success. Maybe not this year, but the learning that's going on for him this year is going to pay off, you know, big time when we get a little bit farther down the road into his career. But for him and then another guy like Jonathan Dolan, I love Jonathan Dolan's instinctual play. I love the way he skates. I love the way he attacks. I love the way that he works on just his overall. He plays to his strengths. 
Not every player in the NHL plays to their strengths. I feel like when Jonathan Dolan is out there on the ice, he plays to his strengths and he allows the guys around him to see his strengths. Like I think that the chemistry that he has up to this point with Logan Couture and Timo Meyer, it's really, really fun to watch. And I think that line is going to keep on producing and keep on creating opportunities, even though things have been cold right now. And again, this comes down to the idea of if your line isn't getting it done, is somebody else going to step up for you? If you individually as a player aren't getting it done, is someone else going to step up around you? But a 4-3 and three start with an effective-looking power play that is humming at one out of every five power play goals right now overall is not something that I am really going to be too upset about because that's an improvement over last year. And I think that overall, even in tonight's game, they played hard. They looked like they were working on things. They looked like they were trying to create opportunities. They looked like they were maybe a little bit sloppy to the start of the game, but they were also creating looks on the power plays. They weren't giving up too many dumb penalties. They only went on the penalty kill a couple of times. And I think that over the course of the season, the style of hockey that they are playing will allow them to stay in the hunt. I think, though, that you just have to be a little bit patient right now because this team is still finding itself. And I and I remember this at the beginning of last year. There is a certain level of talent that is on the San Jose Sharks that early in the year is going to shine through and is going to allow them to win some games. I thought that was the case in game one of the year last year in Arizona, even though it went uh, into overtime and eventually a shootout. I felt like there was a base level of talent that the Sharks are working with that allows them to have success. And I think that again was the case early on in this season. But as other teams get deeper into the year and they develop a little bit more around their core, then suddenly just the all-out talent war is going to be a little bit less effective in favor of the San Jose Sharks. But that's why the Sharks need to stick to the plan. It's Bob Bugner. He always talks about the team getting away from their hockey and getting away from their plan. And I understand why that happens because guys are trying to make something happen and trying to do it all on their own. But the Sharks right now aren't good enough across the board for guys to deviate from the plan. I Again, I understand the desire to try and be the guy who sparks a moment but the Sharks need to stick to their plan. And I, maybe this three-game losing streak is going to be what gets them to understand that, is that they truly can't get away from what the plan or the design or the schematic or the blueprint, whatever you want to call it, if they get away from that, they have the ability to send things south like it happened last year. And I think that should be the reminder to all of them of, remember how bad this was last year? Remember what happened when we got away from what we were supposed to be doing? Remember what we were not supposed to do that we kept on doing. And I think the results last year speak for themselves. It caught up with them when all was said and done. Yes, they hung around for a while, but eventually it all came back to bite them and they lost eight in a row and I believe 13 out of their last 16 or so. And suddenly they were out of playoff contention and things took a downward spiral very, very quickly. I'd rather the Sharks not deal with that this year. I'd rather they stick to the plan and remain in the hunt as long as they can, as long as the Sharks can remain in the hunt, as long as they can keep themselves engaged, especially the veterans who have their eyes on a Stanley Cup, to me, that is paramount. I know there are minds out there that think the Sharks should be looking at this deep, deep draft coming up. That doesn't do it for me. I mean, if that's the way it works out, I'm not going to be too upset, but I want to see the Sharks fighting for the playoffs. I want to see the Sharks playing better and better hockey 
as we get deeper and deeper into the year. I want to see a team that puts forth incredible efforts from one night to the next. And that, again, was what was frustrating about last night. Maybe it wasn't an incredible effort, but it was a good, hard-fought battle from the San Jose Sharks, and they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. I thought they played an effective game. I thought that Allen was phenomenal. I thought that on the other side, Hill was very, very good, and I believe it was the third goal that took a weird deflection. That's just the way it goes sometimes. I mean, that's if you're if you're looking for a bright spot all of, out of all of this, it's that the goaltending for the Sharks has been pretty solid. I mean, this was a 3-0 game that went to 4 nothing on an empty netter. And right now, if the Sharks are giving up three goals, especially if one of them is a little bit wonky and or weird, that's an improvement over where they were a year ago. And what I've been most interested in this year is improvement over a year ago. And I feel like we're seeing improvement over a year ago. But that's not a tall task to really come to, right? I mean, the Sharks last year were not very good. And by asking for improvement, that seems like a very, very obvious ask. But again, you have to take care of business. The Sharks are better than they were last year. They're still not a consistent night-in, night-out team. Could they become that? Sure. But you can't become a consistent team in terms of record until you become a consistent team in terms of what you produce on the ice. When they get away from their system, when they do not play disciplined hockey, when they try to make things overcomplicated... That's what's keeping them from being a consistent team. That's what's keeping them on the wrong side of results, or at least part of what is keeping them on the wrong side of results. We're going to take a break. You're on Morning Tide. That to-do list you have needs one more thing. Chill. It's an easy thing to do. Just crack open an ice-cold Coors Light and chill. Take the afternoon off and binge watch anything. Go to happy hour and stay for a couple hours. Who's counting anyways? Or hang out with just your dog because you've had enough human interaction this week. Whatever you do, do it with a Coors Light. Mountain cold refreshment made to chill. 2020 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Yeah, there was a bit of a double up situation there on that delay. Um, You know, Bernsey and and Petey went to the same guy. Um, Everybody else collapsed, but Hoffman got behind us. And uh, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, you know, chasing the game for us. We've scored one goal in the last two games. So um, the margin for error is is, is almost nil. Um, So we got to find a way to score goals. Obviously, it's tough to play in these games when you're not scoring. So, um, and that has to come, you know, on our power play or or getting a bounce early. And and we ran up against a hot goalie tonight. Really did even uh, even at three nothing coming out in the third. I you know the, the game wasn't over for us. We, we we emptied our tanks. We threw everything we had at them, but uh, we had some really good looks right on the doorstep and couldn't beat them. It's early in the year, but obviously our record. We need we need as many points as we can right now to to right the ship. So I thought tonight was a big night, and you know especially with you know. You heard people and guys talking about, you know, we haven't won here in so long, and I thought it was important to put that stupid little myth behind us. Welcome back to Morning Tide. As we heard from Bob Bugner and Jake Allen, the goalie for Montreal, who was simply phenomenal last night. I mean, he stopped everything that came at him, and that's just how it's going to be on some of those nights. Sometimes you're just not going to have a goalie that's going to have any holes in his game whatsoever. And Allen was that guy last night. He was flawless and he shut out the Sharks and he deserves a victory. He had a great game, a great performance, and he helped Montreal avenge the 5-0 beatdown that the Sharks put on them just about a week ago. 
Let's get a look at those standings right now. The Sharks are currently in third place in the Pacific Division. Four wins, three losses, a plus two differential. They trail Edmonton at five and one and Calgary at five, one and one. Now, as we are into the season a little bit now, and I start keeping a look at the standings a little bit more and the other scores from around the league that impact the Sharks, uh, there are a couple of notes. Now, Calgary did beat up on the Penguins for nothing last night, so an impressive performance for them. But the one I'm paying attention to is the loss that the Canucks had to the Flyers, 2-1. to one. And who was it making 27 saves? Martin Jones. Yeah, the former Sharks goalie. He made 27 saves in leading the Flyers to a 2-1 victory over the Canucks. Also, the Sabres, they continued their hot start. They got a 4-3 win over the Ducks. And the Kraken, they got a 4-1 win over the Wild. They're 3-4-1 at this point. And the Jets, they got a win over the Kings, 3-2. But this is just what we're going to be doing for the remainder of the year because the Sharks as a team, have a very, very thin margin of error. They are not going to be routinely posting 5 nothing wins. They are not going to be routinely coming back from 2 nothing deficits. In fact, the fatal flaw for the Sharks over these past three losses, Boston, you're down 3 nothing before you score a goal. Against the Predators, the Sharks were down 2 nothing before they scored a goal. And obviously last night, the Sharks didn't score any goals. Now, in Boston and in Nashville, those were the final two games of a mostly Eastern time zone road trip, so you had a little bit of an understanding of why they might be sluggish. Last night, the Sharks weren't sluggish. They were just a little bit sloppy, which is kind of how they looked in the game against Boston, but sloppiness is not going to cut it. You've got to be better than that, and again, this comes back to the idea that the Sharks need to simplify their game, that they need to just make things a little bit more routine. It is like Bugner continually says, you have to go for the singles and the doubles and not the home run every time. You've got to go for the small bits of success and build upon it. And right now, the Sharks are having a hard time getting that into their DNA. I think so. I think that, uh, you know, I, I, I use the word grind all the time. we got to grind it out. I thought that uh, um, we looked a little tired at times tonight coming out after, you know, coming home late the other night. And um, But there's no panic in the room right now. I mean, you know, we didn't start the, the homestand off how we wanted. But, uh, um, you know, we're at three in a row now, and I think that uh, um, we could still be in a good spot if we win, if, if we have a good showing against Winnipeg. Um, you know, so it's just a matter of regrouping and finding a way to score some goals. We're just not scoring right now, and... Uh, uh, tough to win any hockey games. There is no panic in the room. I agree with Bob Bugner in that capacity, but I did sense some frustration after the game last night. And that's good. You want these guys to fr be frustrated. You want them to acknowledge that they can be better than what they've been doing up to this point. Because up to this point, it has been inconsistent. You were 4-0, and and now suddenly you're 4-3. and And you've put forth some efforts, but fallen short. Last night was... I'm not even going to say last night was the quote-unquote worst performance because I actually thought that they put forth a good effort. It just wasn't as much of a cohesive unit effort as they needed it to be, and they overcomplicated things at times, which took them out of the running. But I do think that there is frustration. Here's Timo after the game. Uh, no, that's that's no excuse. Uh, we know it's uh, you know they they lost in Seattle. Came here, they obviously uh, you know they're they're under pressure and they got to do well. So we know they're going to come out uh, hard and. Uh, 
we didn't, uh, you know, start the game the right way, and we didn't. Uh, yeah, like I said, we didn't do enough to win this game. We didn't. Uh, we, we we went away from our identity, and that's uh, what cost us the game. That's a very blunt assessment from Timo Meyer. Let's hear from Eric Carlson. No, not really. I just think that they wanted it more today. They played a better game from from the beginning till the end, and uh, you know, we ran into a hot goalie. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of what happened today, but um, I don't think that uh, you know we've played up to our standards uh, that we have for ourselves lately, and uh, you know you can see that on the scoreboard. One of the things Carlson did acknowledge, though, is that this team, this year at least, has a much greater bit of resolve to it. They have the ability to respond to adversity at a greater level than they did at least one year ago. Yeah, hopefully, I, I think that we, uh, you know, we have the belief in that in in the room right now that. Uh, you know we are a good team. Um, you know we know where we want to go, and and you know this is this is a part of our journey, and, and we have to go through uh, you know stages like this, uh, unfortunately. And uh, we got off to a great start. That's great, but uh, you know it shows you real quick that if you let your foot off the gas or you think that you're better than you are, then uh, you know it'll bring you down real fast. So hopefully, uh, uh, you know these three games where. We've played decent hockey for for stretches uh, throughout the games, but um, you know it just shows uh, you know what you have to do uh, to be successful in this league on on uh, you know a nightly basis. And and you know the reality is we're playing three to four games a week. Uh, you're not going to win them all, um, but you know uh, it's it's uh, it's one of those things that uh, hopefully we can learn from this and, and, you know, figure things out and what we need to do to be successful on nights when, when we don't play the way that we want. And, uh, you know, the nights that everybody's feeling great, you know, it's fine. But uh, unfortunately, uh, throughout 82 games, that's not going to happen too often. I think that one of the important things that Carlson acknowledged there is that the team is going to have to go through stages where sometimes they are going to be good and sometimes they are going to be bad. The real question is going to be, if they can filter through the peaks and valleys and be more of a consistent team or at least a consistent team that's good. You don't want a team that is consistently bad. Uh, That kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, But if they can weather the storms early on while they are finding their footing and become that team that we think they're capable of being, that to me is the true test. It's disappointing that they have followed up four wins to start the year with three losses, but to me it's about what comes after this. Can they play well for the rest of the road trip? Can they wrap it up at four and one and three and two? And then can they go back out on the road and have similar success? These are the things that I'm going to be watching for as we learn more and more about this Sharks team. I think right now the guys are probably having a little bit of a reality check after having the early success and maybe think they could kind of speed run their way to those next steps. They're not there yet. They've got to stay committed to their system. You heard Eric Carlson say it. You heard Bob Bugner say it. I mean, these guys are seemingly aware of the problems and the deficiencies in their game. It's just a matter of whether or not that's going to hit home quickly enough for everyone on the team to realize that they have to stay within the system. They have to play their style of hockey. They have to play it a little bit more conservative, a little bit more safe. But the thing is, I feel it has a greater payoff this year because the goaltending they're getting is better up to this point. And I think that is a huge difference compared to what we've seen over the past few seasons. And again, I'm not trying to blame Martin Jones. I just think that that's the reality. You have better goaltending right now than you had previously. For whatever reason, for whatever change that occurred when you bring in new guys and out with the old, in with the new, whatever it is, 
the goaltending up to this point of the season has been better. And I think that when that's the case, you do have guys that are more willing to stick to the system. And I think that probably they're going to get used to the idea or they're going to hear about it from Bob Bugner in practice that, hey, stick to the effing system and you will get results. Look what happened in games one through four. We stuck to our game and we got results. What happened in games five, six, and seven? They got away from it a little bit. They tried to play more, you know, just one-man hockey and it didn't pay off very well. It's not like this is rocket science, right? It's like we see when the Sharks are a little bit more careful and a little bit more conservative and simplify the game that they play at a higher level. That There's nothing wrong with that either. Simplifying is often looked at in sports as some sort of a negative or having a negative connotation, but I'm like, hey, do whatever you have to do to yield the greatest results. Do whatever it takes to have the team have the greatest chance to walk away with a win when all is said and done. If that's a complicated, near-convoluted game plan, I'm all for it. If that is a simple, easy, actionable game plan, go for it. Whatever works for each individual team, that's what I'm all about. But I think at this point that we are frustrated with a three-game losing streak, that we are looking at this with disappointment, that we are trying to figure out what's wrong with the power play versus the early success, that the uh, penalty kill has come back down to earth a little bit. This is part of the process of learning about the team, just as it is these guys all acknowledging that they've gotten away from their system or they haven't played their brand of hockey or they've been sloppy or whatever it is. Acknowledgement of these issues means they are going to be focusing on correcting them. At least they that's what they mean in my eyes. You know, when I hear those guys say that, that means that the next step should be the rectification, the correction, the overall doing the things they need to do. And they don't get much time to rest up as they are going to be seeing Winnipeg on Saturday afternoon, four o'clock start. Yeah, early. So join us here on the Sharks Audio Network as the Sharks and Jets do battle for the second time this year. I'll see you all Sunday morning. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. You've been listening to the San Jose Sharks Morning Tide, brought to you by Coors Light on the Sharks Audio Network.